there is something very important that we want to do today. Hallelujah. And it would be nice if everybody partake of this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I said, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you are satisfied with your spiritual life, your um, the level of growth in your life, um, I want to thank God for your life. Because one thing I discover is that the day we stop growing, that day we start dying. Um, even sometimes, shrinking down is a sign of life. You know, when people, when the, 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 the older they become, the smaller they become. Is that true? That's and it's because they are still living. I didn't ever say that's true because she, she has experience. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, the father you're slipping down, does not mean you are, it means that you're living. That's the truth. The moment someone dies, you know the first thing that happens to happen is rolls up, then after a while it might come down. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I want us to know that uh, we need to change from time to time. And that is a sign of a living thing. Living things changes. They don't remain stagnant. They changes. So even as a church, a church is a living organism. An organism. Praise the Lord. Which means that a church is meant to be growing. It's meant to be changing. That's why from time to time you see changes in churches. You go to church, this year you see some people there. Another year you see another set of people. People are going, people are coming. But when there is no changes, then that's where the problem is. If a particular organization remains the same over years, then we need to sit down and look at it, what is going on. So as Christians, if we are not changing, we've been Christians for years, and we've remained on the same level for years. We know the same number of scriptures. Thank God for all the Apostoli. Uh, you may not understand what that is. All the scriptures we memorized when we were young. And some of us can still quote to those scriptures. I know I've heard this play that one time. All the, um, all the Sunday school scriptures. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, and come out and you, you cite it. I, I, this friend I uh, uh, have is back in Nigeria. And you know, somebody actually married a girl because of his, uh, uh, what's it called? His level of intelligence when it comes to quoting the scripture. When they were young, they would stand in front of the church and they would quote from Genesis to Revelation. And it was very good. So his younger brother came abroad and met a girl and introduced himself as the one that used to quote. <laughs> and he married that girl. What have I said is that these are the things that we do when we're young. We we'll come out, we we'll quote the scripture, we we'll memorize things and all that. And some of us, that's all we do up till now. We've not increased in knowledge. You've not added anything to yourself. And sometimes it's not about just quoting the scripture, it's about living the life of a believer. You know, in fact, the, 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 to make the matter worse, some of us, when we first gave our life to Christ, we were on fire. And after a while, we begin to slow down, sort of. 
You know, when, when people begin to tell you things like, are you the one that killed Jesus? Why your own is too much? And uh, because of all the pressures here and there, we slow down. We take it easy. We have a lot of believers in that category. And we have another set of people that since day one, they've been on the same level. They didn't fail. They didn't pass. They just remain on the same level. Okay, and we are all believers. So today, I want to encourage us. I want to challenge every one of us. I want to tell us that there's a need for us to wake up. There's a need for us to wake up. This year, I believe that God is trying to renew his church. God is trying to revive his church. He's trying to bring us out of this level. You know, the Lord said to the Israelites, you have remained on this mount for two months. It is time to move forward. You know, and the one thing I've discovered with God, every time it keeps really are. Uh, uh, given the same messages over and over again through different preachers, it means that he's set to do something. Praise the Lord. He's about to change some things. And thank God for our Bible study on Wednesday. We we're talking along that line. As believers, there must be changes in our lives. Last week, we were talking about the determination of certain people who brought a man to Jesus and they, they didn't allow them to come in and they went extra miles to the extent of opening the roof of the house and bringing down the man that was lame. Praise the Lord. That's going extra miles. So it is time for us to move from this level of mediocrity. Uh, med medio Praise the Lord. It is time for us to move forward. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I want us to open our Bible to Romans chapter 13. And we're going to read uh, from 11 to 14. We're going to read together as a church. Romans chapter 13, 11 to 14. And that knowing the time that now it is. High time to do what? To awake out of sleep. And when you look at that scripture, Apostle Paul was writing to the Romans, and he said, this is a, this is a time that you are awake out of sleep. It means that he noticed certainty. He must have looked at the church and discovered that many of them were sleeping. And when we talk about sleeping, it's not having your rest on the bed, which is fine. You can do that. But that's not what we're talking about here. He said that for now, is our salvation nearer than when we believed? So if you were on fire when you believed, now you're slowing things down. Even though our salvation is nearer, even though the coming of the Lord is nearer, even though you are growing older and you are getting closer to the grave, hallelujah. Because Anita was saying, was it last week, uh, not two weeks ago, that he was saying it, that either we, we, we die, was it during the prayer? I think during the prayer that I, she said it. That's either we, Jesus Christ comes or we go to meet the maker. We are getting closer. Something's going to happen. So if Jesus Christ tarries, we are growing older every day. So we're going to meet the maker, either we like it or not. 
And I always tell people that the day you close your eyes and you don't open it, that's the day your judgment comes. Because somebody will say, yeah, you've been talking about Jesus Christ coming all this while. He hasn't come, but he's coming. And his coming is closer than ever. Because the day you close your eyes, the Bible says unto us, it is given to die but once, and after death, judgment. That judgment is coming. And we're getting closer to that day. Praise the Lord. Let's look at the verse 12. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the hammer of light. Verse 13. 13, we're going to 14. Let us work honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. Verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the loss thereof. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When something is precious to you, you will do everything in your power to get it. Is that right? I have the story of a woman whose son lost uh, his glasses, you know, and uh, she said to the son, go and look for your, your glasses in the garden. You were in the garden playing when you lost the glasses. Go, go and look for it. So the boy went there and looked and looked and came back. Mommy, I can't find it. Like, the apples in our house all the time. The kids never find anything. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Until you go there and look for it, they will never find it. And it's right there. They can't see it. I don't know. Their eyes are meant to be sharper. <laughs> but they, they don't find things. So the mother now went to the garden and they found it. And she came with the glasses. And the boy said, ah, How did you find that? I said, Yes, you were looking for a pair of glasses, but I was looking for one pound, 150 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> because the importance, the, the money is more important. So the boy didn't, didn't see anything. He said a pair of glasses. I was thinking 150. You know, I have to look for this thing very well. So when something is very important to you, you will put more effort. If our salvation is important, we will do everything in our power to hold on to it, to keep it. You don't allow the devil to snatch it from you. Because the devil is out to take it. That's what he wants to take from us. Do you know the only thing the devil, all the things that the devil did to Job, it wasn't because he just wanted to afflict Job. No. All he wanted was for Job to deny God. If you look at that story, it's told the Lord. He said, is it not because you have done this and that's why he's still holding on to his faith? He said, put this, do this to him. He will deny you. That's all he's after. He wants you to come to the point where he say, I'm not sure God exists. Some of us may not say it with our mouth, but we think it. Sometimes when you have challenges, you're thinking, is God really there? Because of what you are going through. That is what the devil wants. He wants to push us to that point where you will begin to think or you begin to doubt the power, the existence of God. And he has succeeded in many lives. A lot of people that used to be on fire for the Lord are slowing down. They are dying. They are sleeping. So Apostle Paul said to the Romans here, he said, awake. Awake. You are sleeping. Awake. So 
I want you to join me by turning to the person next to you. Tell that person, awake. Awake. Come on, talk to someone. Talk to someone. Tell someone. Ask someone. Awake. Say, awake. Tell somebody you're awake when you're asleep. Hallelujah. Awake. We need to wake up from our slumber. We need to arise. We need to arise. We have said this over and over again. We've been talking about us changing, but since I mean, last week we were talking about the Bible, so the tango for it was better on Wednesday. I want us to get to the point that nobody will come here to persuade you. I want us to get to the point where nobody is calling you during the week and you are thinking about the presence of God. I want us to get to the point where we enjoy the presence of God. It's not a body. The presence of the Lord is a body to many people. When you remember there's church on Sunday, the kind of feeling you have is not right. Tell your neighbor that is not right. Something is wrong. We should enjoy the presence of the Lord. We should want to be in His presence. So whatever it is that makes you feel somehow when it's time to go to the house of the Lord, I want you to begin to come against that right now. Because these are the things that the enemy uses to take us away from his presence. Hallelujah. We must enjoy the presence of the Lord. We must enjoy his presence. Apostle Paul here is seeking to steer up and wake up the people of God in Rome before it is too late. Because he said to them, he said, our salvation is nearer. It's getting closer. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. If the Lord comes tonight, are we ready? If he comes tonight, I want to say the Lord comes tonight, stop thinking about uh, what would Jesus Christ come. It can be for anybody at any point in time. If the Lord says tonight is the day, are you ready? That is the question. So it's nearer. When you wake up in the morning, thank God, I'm alive today again. Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's the day after. We don't know. Nobody knows the time or the hour. That's what the Bible says. But when the time comes, are you ready? Are you ready? So we'll say to them, wake up before it is too late. Hallelujah. Before it's too late. If you look at the world today, we have issues. We have issues. The atheist community, they are doing everything in their power to corrupt the people. But we are sleeping. And the church is, we are sleeping. Trust me, we are sleeping. If you look at the rate at which the devil is moving now in the world, look at the rate at which people are using drugs today. It's, it's so serious. It's too much. The youths out there, majority of them are on drugs. They've tried it one time or the other. Those people out there. And it's, it's you know, if you, if you put... Thank God for our children. We can vote for them. Is that right? But when you go to schools and you see children out there, bring ten together. I'm telling you, at least four or five of them, they've tried drugs one time or the other. At least. Uh, what's the point? In their hand? One time or the other. Youths. When we were in Lagos, there this young man that was living with us. Very, very innocent guy. Innocent, I'm telling you. This is someone that I took from the time it was like Adiolua. And he was always with me. Even when I was in the bathroom, he would leave his father's house and come and stay with me. He was living with me. You know, I were training this guy. Then I, I got a job, I went to Lagos. Then when he, he, when he finished his secondary school, he decided to come to Lagos as well. 
to a, a polytechnic there. And the polytechnic was not far from my house. So it was always in my house. So he loved me so much. Up to today, he's still following me about that. I don't know why. <laughs> he followed me to me this morning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So he was always with me. So, I mean, he's someone that, when we talk about hearing the scriptures, you say, this guy knows a lot. Because we trained him in the way of the Lord. He was acting drama. He was leading me at programs and all that when he was in secondary school. So when he came to the polytechnic and he came to my house one day, as he entered, I smelled a book. I couldn't believe it. But I didn't want to ask him because it's too embarrassing. That someone like this who spoke this thing. I said, no, this boy won't do it. I told my wife, I'm smelling a book. <laughs> so I summoned courage. And I called him, sir. What is this man? I said, ah, no, no. Uh, well, you know, you know our campus there. Uh, most of people in my room they smoke this thing. So when I when they smoke it around us, it smells in my body. Uh, okay. So I agreed. One day I went to his hostel, and when I got there, I saw the boys truly. But when he came out, his eyes was red. Ha! Ah, this boy don't smoke. Trust me, you don't smoke. But when I saw that eyes, I knew it. Ah, I was dumbfounded. I didn't know what to say. Do you know? Later, when I left Nigeria, I came to Middlesbrough. Then he came to Middlesbrough to start university to do his law. He's a lawyer now, you know. And when he came, we're now talking. Sepas has no good that time. <laughs> Trust me, if we had died then, what would have happened to him? Today is a chain person. Now he's, uh, he's doing very well. He's assistant pastor to his church and all that. But if he died when he was still doing those things, and these are the people that you will never believe it. Now that's what the devil is doing. Many people out there, you, you don't know what goes on there. The devil is working hard, and we are sleeping. You can see the problem here. Let me tell you something that happened in Middlesbrough. I want you to see how the devil works. Now I'm not saying this is the devil, okay? But this is how he works. I left Middlesbrough. To go and start a branch of the church in Sheffield. I was in Sheffield. Then, after three years, the pastor in Middlesbrough left. So I went back to Middlesbrough to take over the church. When I got there, I left the church where we were about, about 80 members, if I'm more than that, when I left for Sheffield. When I go back there after three years, I met nine people at the church, only nine. So during the service, after the service, I now call them, <laughs> brethren, let's have a meeting. So we're now talking. What is the problem? Say, well, the pastor that left was too difficult to work. So she, she was always chasing people away. So then there's another church very close to the place, the redeemed. Say the pastor is so nice. And he opened his hand. So this pastor was pushing them out. Who was accepting them? Now that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Are you getting it? But what I'm saying is that if you push them out, it's just like that. It's a, it's a hope ready. The people out there, they are working hard. They are working on technologies. They are working on things. They left the book that they used to smoke only my day. It's not the one they are smoking now. It has advanced. I'm telling you. Before, you can smoke it and that's why I don't want this thing. But the one they are doing now, why are you smoking once? If you take the grace of God to overcome it. Because it's, it's advancing. 
they're putting a lot of things in it. They, they're bringing it down to people. Some of this now looks like normal drugs. Are you getting my point now? It, because in the olden days, when you look at it, oh, the way they do it, it's so big. Have you, have you seen that thing before? Some of us have not seen it before. It's so big, it's so... It's so ah, anybody that can you know, ah, look at you, you are smoking this. But the way they do it, it's so tiny. They hold it like that. You may not even know. They bring it and they hide it. So they, they're getting better. And we are getting weaker. We are losing our grips. Praise the Lord. We are sleeping. And the devil is getting wiser. He's getting wiser. And we are not wise. We are sleeping. So Apostle Paul said to them, say, awake! You need to wake up. See things happening around you. You need to re-strategize. You need to replant things. You can't continue like this. The young ones need to practice the word of God the more. Not just read. Practice. There's something they call practice of righteousness. You practice righteousness. That's what we did when we first gave our life to Christ. We were practicing righteousness. You know what it means to practice something? You practice it. We were doing practical work of righteousness. Deliberately we will do things. That's how to grow as a believer. But today we leave everything to chance. Once you quote the, the scripture for them, you believe that's okay. No. Sometimes you teach them how to walk the walk. How to live the life of a Christian. Sometimes we do that. We go extra mile. May the Lord give us the grace in Jesus' name. There are three things that the man of God mentioned in this particular scripture. I want us to quickly look at them. Number one, he talked about sleeping. Number two, he talked about steering. Hallelujah. He talked about steering. That we should steer up. There's this gift on the inside of us. He asks us to do what? To steer it up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Many of us are sleeping. The Lord says we should wake up from our slumber. He says we should wake up. We should wake up. Hallelujah. Let's look at that scripture again. <clears throat> Verse 13. He said, Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ that make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Praise the Lord. We are sleeping. The first thing, sleeping, a time to sleep and a time to rest are necessary. But God wants us to be awake when it comes to spiritual things. You cannot, you can't afford to sleep when it comes to spiritual things. You can take your rest on your bed when you are tired. But if you are tired as a Christian, the devil will strike. The Bible says if the edge is broken, serpent will if the hedge is not broken, serpent can never bite. If you have rats in your house, it's because there's a hole somewhere. Is that right? That if there's no hole, you can't have rats in your house. It's not invisible. It's not, it's not something that appears in the house. No, it comes from somewhere. So there are holes, and you see them coming in. 
And when you chase them, they know where to go through. Have you noticed that? They don't run about. They know where they are going. They go through the wire. They say, wow, there's a hole here. Because there's a hole. So every time the enemy strikes, it's because we open up certainty. Hallelujah. So when we sleep, the Bible talks about the Son of Man. When the Son of Man sleeps, he said the enemy came and he planted tears among weeds. He's always waiting for us to sleep so that I can come in. We are sleeping. Soldiers, they need to sleep. Is that right? But when they are meant to be on guard, if they sleep, there will be trouble. The enemy will, will, will catch them on the way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The enemy will take them. Hallelujah. It is recorded that most accidents that happen around the world are caused by a driver sleeping on the steering. Very high percentage. I travel all the time. And sometimes when you are tired, you feel sleepy. Especially if you are driving for hours on the motorway. And it's so peaceful. Do you know I enjoy it sometimes when there's traffic? It's true. Because if you are tired and you're driving in traffic, you're braking, you're moving, you're braking, at least you're doing something. But when, you, when the road is flowing, <laughs> and, and for, for 30 miles, it's just there, you're just going, I'm telling you, sometimes I'm, I'm pitching myself. I'm beating myself. I do it. Have you done this now? You slap yourself. I do it. I'm telling you. Because there's nothing, you are not doing anything. Everything is so easy. And this stupid thing will come. And before you know it, you are dreaming. Sometimes you, ah! So many times I'll just park. My father will be like, ah, why are we stopping here? Don't worry. Thank God for his grace. Ah, we will look and see that my eyes were closing. Praise the Lord. Especially if you, if you, if you started, sometimes I leave my house for here. And I pick the key. And I'm driving till sometimes 6 in the evening. That's 14 hours. And you are driving. You are driving. When I'm in Birmingham, I'm in, in the area, it's only 15 minutes drive. I enjoy that. But the moment you finish, number one, you are tired. Because you've been working. And now it's around 2 in the afternoon. I want to drive 4 hours back to London. And the road is open. And there's no traffic. People sleep. And they love accidents. In front of you, you see a car going that way. And you think, hey, God, have mercy on us. It's not, it's not just you that is driving. What about other people? People sleep. Are they driving? Sleep. It takes, there's a saying in Yoruba that it's the sleep that takes what a child is holding. If you try to collect something from a child and it's holding onto it, just wait. That child will soon sleep. And the way sleep, just take it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And that's what the devil is doing. He's waiting for the time you'll be sleeping. The time you'll be dull spiritually. The time you are weak. And it takes that which is precious to you. So precious. And it takes it. Because you are sleeping. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. A sleeping person cannot see. Hallelujah. A sleeping person cannot see. You can't see things going on around you. When you are sleeping as a Christian, things will go wrong around you and you won't see it. It will become normal to you. Am I speaking to someone? 
it will become normal to you. Things are going wrong and you can't see it. That's why a lot of things happen in the church of God today because we are sleeping as Christians. We can't see this. Thing. We can't see anything wrong in these things. It's becoming normal because we can't see. We are sleeping. The devil is, is working so hard. He's penetrating. He's eating into the church. I was hearing a man of God. I was talking about, about these this comedians in the church. Listen to me. When he started, some of us were like, ah, why comedians? But you know, many of us are accepting these things now. Yes, they're the black. Mm, Mrs. Christian, and yeah, it's okay. It's a Christian. It's a Christian. But the same jokes, he cracks in church. You go to another program, you see him cracking it, and he, he, he will say it in a very awful way. I don't believe us are laughing. And he'll bring out the scripture and he'll use the scripture. I don't believe us are laughing. And some Christians are laughing. It's okay. Do that there. Don't bring it to the church. We are sleeping. We can't see again that this is wrong. On the altar. Holy altar. A comedian is standing there. Go down. What's going on? That one that looks like another one is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's saying rubbish. And he's saying immoral, immoral things on the altar of God. And the church is laughing. And we see it as being normal. But when it started, some of us were, mm, this is not right. But little by little, we are setting it. We are setting it. And yeah, it's okay. Comedians can come to the church. We are sleeping. We can't see. We can't see. What the devil is doing, we can't see. It's blindfolding us because we are asleep. Number two, a sleeping person cannot think. When you are asleep, you are asleep. You can't. You are not thinking. Are you thinking about tomorrow when you are sleeping? No. You're just there. You can't think. When you are sleeping, you cannot experience rational thoughts. You can't. Hallelujah. Everything that happens in your dream makes sense when you are sleeping. It's when you wake up and say. It's just a dream. I cannot be flying. You'll be flying in your dream. Is that not true? I've done it before. People were chasing me. I don't know if I started flying. I woke up and I'm thinking, yeah. But it's not rational. You can't fly. But you're, you're, you're the things that happen around you, they just not over. You can't think right. You, you can't perceive right because you are sleeping. Hallelujah. In that passage, Paul reminds the Roman believer that time is shorter than they think. It's shorter than you think. But when you are sleeping, you are not even thinking. You don't know that time is going. You can't even see it. It's just normal. The way you are, it's just normal. You are not thinking. How, how can this happen in the house of God? We are not thinking right. Praise the Lord. I want to go fast because there are some things I want us to do afterwards. A sleeping person cannot pray. You, you, you won't pray when you are sleeping. And that is why today prayerlessness is a main, main problem of the church. A church, we have to pray. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not debatable. You know, there's something you can debate. Yeah, maybe we can do this. No, when it comes to prayer, Jesus Christ, he called the disciples at the time, said he had to teach them how to pray. He talked to them. This is how you have to pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing. There are certain things in the Bible. There are a lot of things that you can you can use diplomacy to change. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's modern day. We don't have to do this. But no, there are certain principles that we have to follow. If you don't pray, you get you are open to attack. You have to strategize when they come to me. Do you know what I've done recently? I've gone to, uh, to put an alarm on. Because you can be so filled with activities. That you even have the time. 
I'm telling you, you have activity, and what you are doing, they are important as well. They are important. So it's not as if you are doing wrong things. No, you are doing important things. But you must create time for prayers. When I give the alarm of a thing, listen to me, I'm going to do something very important as well. So initially, I'll be like, okay, this one I'm doing is also spiritual. Let me just use this to no. know. But later on, I said, no. I have to stay with this. And since I decided to stay with it, it has really helped. So I want us to go extra now today. Let's begin to outsmart the devil. Because it will bring a lot of things to tell you, no, this is enough. As long as you are doing this, it should be okay. Praise the Lord. But when you are outsmarting, you can overcome that problem. We have to pray. But when you are sleeping, you can't pray. I'm not saying lie down on your bed. You can lie down and pray. If you are not deceiving yourself. But let us be awake. Hallelujah. We have to wake up. It's time for us to awaken. So we can see. So we can think. So we can pray. It's time. To wake up. It's time to wake up. Another thing that I mentioned here. Look at that place. Verse 12. Let's see verse 12. He said, the night is fast spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off. Say, cast off. Say, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us do what? Cast off. There are certain things we have to cast off. He said, and let us put on the armor of light. Cast off. Another place in the Bible, I think in Hebrews, Chapter 12, verse 1. He used another word for it. He said, let us lay aside. Can we see that he was? Chapter 12. Love are you sleeping? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because if you are sleeping, you can't see. He said, wherefore, since we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us do what? Lay aside every weight. There are certain weight we need to lay aside. Let's put some things aside if we want to run this race. So let us lay them aside. You will have to give up some things if you want to wake up. You will have to give up some things if you want to fulfill the purpose of God for your life. Because there are a lot of things out there that will struggle with what God wants you to do in life as a believer. So let us lay them aside. Every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us lay them aside. Apostle Paul said in that Romans, he said, let us cast off. Let's cast off. Hallelujah. Let's get rid of it. That's what it means. To get rid of something. To get rid of something. When we are waking from sleep, we rid ourselves of everything that will stop us from getting out of the bed. Is that right? You have a big blanket on you and it's heavy. But you know, as long as you keep that blanket on you, you won't rise up. Especially when it's cold. <laughs> and you have work to do. Praise the Lord. You need to go to work and you wake up early in the morning and it's really cold and you have the blankets. You will not wake up until you throw that in half of you and get up. 
There are certain things that the enemy have used to, to comfort us. To make things easy for us. To make us feel comfortable. We have to get rid of these things. This is what happens when we give our life to Christ. This is how you see me. How you then Things I used to do, I do them no more. Things I used to do, I do them no more. There's a great change since I am my Jesus Christ. When we meet him, there must be a great change. If we are yet to remove some things from us, we cannot fulfill the purpose of our calling. I want us to just think what are the things we need? <clears throat> what are the things we need to get? I want you to think for a moment. What are those things that are there? And you know with these things in my life, I can't run the race. I can't run this race. We must stay ourselves and get rid of some things that prohibit us from running the race for Christ. I know many of us find this very difficult because it's not the message we love. I would say this church, we love to hear the truth here. But it's not the popular message that the world likes to hear. Churches where they don't speak the truth grows very quickly. Very quickly. You think if we have money, I will bring Kenny Black here and we put the poster out there. You think the church will not be filled? Or Gordon? Gordon's. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And even Tiwa Savage went to a church in Nayabuja. And you have a poster, Tiwa Savage, worshiping. And you put the poster out there. You'll be surprised the number of people that will come in. They don't need to be invited, they will come in. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And that's what the church is turning to now. We're looking at it and feel, wow, I think we have to do this to bring people to the church. You're going to have mercy upon us in the mighty name of Jesus. So we need to hear the truth. Because it doesn't matter. It's not about the number. It's not about the number. We allow the number to, to, to blindfold us. We are now the number to, to keep us away from the truth. It's not about the numbers. Pastor Tony Bakari said one time he stood in front of his church and the Lord said to him that look at the church and he said about 5,000 people. And he said among these people, not up to 50 people are ready for heaven. He said he cried. Please, what is that percentage? 50, 5,000. Is that 1%? 1%. 1%. He said he, he, he just cried and said, yeah, I failed. Because there's no point. You have them every Sunday, they gather. And the Lord said to you, not more than 50 are ready for everyone. So that following Sunday, he preached a very powerful message. He said almost everybody in the church gave their life to Christ. Because he realized that he was just leading people, they were enjoying it, but they were not saved. They were not saved. Praise the Lord. And they taught things that the scripture mentioned here is shining. Say shining. shining. We are meant to shine. 
Verse 13. We are meant to shine. Romans. Let's go back to that, to that scripture we're reading. Verse 13. We are meant to do what? To shine as believers. Can we have it? 13, 13. He said, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in uh, uh, chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. Verse 14. 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Praise the Lord. Is it, number, is it verse 12? Let's see 12. It is 12. Let's see. He said, the night, yes. He said, the night is fast spent. He said, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of what? Of light. So as we're casting out that, let us put on the armor of light. We need to be light. We need to shine forth. So it's not just putting or casting off this. We need to put on the armor of light. Everywhere we go to, we must put on the armor of light. And this is where we're going to pray to you today. There's a part that I'm waiting for. That I want us to really pray. But we have to, we have to shine for the peace of God. We have to shine what? Shine for his peace. Apostle Paul said that we should get rid of envy and jealousy. We have to get rid of right or of, of wrong. We have to get rid of whatever it is that will not allow us shine forth. We will get rid of this thing, then we begin to shine. We cannot shine until we get rid of all the things that block is our light. The light is there. You are a star. You are a light. But how come the light is not shining? The light is not shining because there's something covering it. Somebody says something that the scientists has proved that the sun is always there. But do you know why we have the night? It's because there's something covering the sun. Is that true? The sun is always there. As a Christian, you are aligned. You are there. But there's something covering the light. There's something covering the glory. It's not shining because of certain things that we need to cast off. There are certain things we need to lay aside. There are certain things we need to take away. Take out the dross. And the gold will come out. As long as the dross remains there, the gold will not come out. It's no better than a stone. Not a precious one. But the moment you cast out the, the dross, you remove all the things covering it, you take it through the fire, and it comes out, then you have gold and shining, and everybody appreciates it, and people want to have it. Our life can be better if we take aside, if we lay aside every weight, if you cast off everything that covers the glory of God, if you put them aside, we will begin to shine. We need to shine for what? It's priests. It's, all the time we have strife in the church. The devil knows the importance of peace in a church. He knows that if we love one another and we are united, we will go places for the Lord. And you know the devil is so wicked. He will not have hands, his hand will not be upon us in the mighty name of Jesus. When his hand is upon a church, the kind of things that will be happening will be amazed. And the devil is so wicked that certain things that the devil will bring into the church, these things, if you sit down and look at it critically, they are nothing. 
But it has a way of working on it to make it big in our hearts. And we go home and we begin to think about these things. And it grows. And it grows. One thing I discover about bitterness and hunger and wrath is this. The longer you think about it, the bigger it gets. Is that true? The bigger it gets. If I'm seated there, the brushing comes now and step on my toe and walks away. If I don't eat, I forget about it, that's it. But the moment I think, he did it yesterday as well, but I think he's doing it on purpose. And the way he was even looking at me, now I look at him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now you are giving it thoughts. And that's what the devil does. He works upon our emotion. He works upon our heart. He works. He begins to bring some things to us, and we now add this and this together. He says he's always doing this to me, and it may be true. It may not be true. We need to shine for his peace. We're coming back to this. Number two, we need to shine for is what is purity. Is purity, mm. holiness. Number three, we need to shine forth. Is what is personality. We have to live like Jesus. We have to fashion our life like Him. Because in looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, we have to be like Him. If you are not like Him, now let's look at Jesus. Christ, how He lived life when He was here. Did He have problem with anyone? Do you think people did not offend Him? The, the people offended him. It's hard. I'm telling you, it's hard. We are humans. It's hard. But we can do it. We can do it. We can be at peace with all men. We can. And I want us to look at this today. I want us to put aside every weight. These are the things that the devil uses to hinder us, to hinder our prayers. When we allow all these things in our life, the devil will hinder our prayers. We are praying, nothing is happening. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to rise up on our feet and we're going to speak to the Lord. And we're coming back to that peace. We need that peace in this church. We need the peace of God. We need the peace of God. Let's rise up, please.